Well, I have to tell you, one of my favorite shows on TV, and I, I don't really get to watch it a lot because uh, I have kids <laughs> and they don't want to watch it, but is This Old House. Has anybody seen This Old House? Has anybody heard of This Old House? Has anybody said, I am never going to watch that again? Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't get to see it a lot. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I love this idea of, of this show. They go into a house that is like, garbage you know it's just it's just messed up it needs so much work so much help and and instead of taking it you know a lot of times you see the shows where they they take a house and and they transform it and it's like one show and it's like uh, okay i i barely you know i didn't even figure out what you were doing but this this one takes its time it it, it takes a whole season to work on this house and you see different projects and and see different ways that that they're working and and you know they tear out the the, uh, all of what's going on, you know, uh, the, on the inside, they kind of just tear it down to bare bones. And uh, you, I, I don't know about you, but I, I usually think, what? I, I don't see it. You tell me it's going to be amazing. You tell me it's going to be wonderful. And I just see junk, right? How are you going to make that into what you envision and what you imagine? And, you know, over the course of time, you see it come together. They, they level the house, right, because it was, it was crooked and, you know, you could barely walk straight. And they fixed the foundation and they put up walls and, and they uh, replaced the porch and, and painted the walls and put down flooring and redid the kitchen and installed cabinets, right? And finally, they bring in the furniture and the decorations and you go, wow, that is amazing. How did they do that, Right. Well, Psalm, uh, Proverbs, excuse me, Proverbs 24, verses 3 and 4, tell us that uh, the process of wisdom's work in our life is a lot like that. It tells us that, that, that it is a process and it's something that, that happens, that can happen in our lives as, as we look to Him. And this is what it says. In Proverbs chapter 24, verses 3 and 4, it says, uh, By wisdom a house is built. And by understanding, it is established. And by knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. It's safe to say that all of us could use a little more wisdom in our lives, right? You know, we like to think that we've learned a thing or two in, in, in our lives. And, and as we go through this journey of life, and, and uh, we, we like to think that we can kind of um, uh, figure things out on our own, but... Many times we have a major decision that comes into our lives and we need wisdom, right? We have these relationships or friendships that, that maybe there's friction, maybe they're not easy, and we need wisdom to help us. We have these everyday decisions that, that we make and need to make, and we need wisdom in making those decisions for our families. We have responsibilities that are sometimes overwhelming and we need wisdom, don't we? You know, and we're not talking about like a fortune cookie wisdom, right? You go and it says something generic that, oh, that could apply to anybody, anywhere. It, it has nothing to do with me. It, has, it really isn't uh, something that I can sink my teeth in. Well, the cookie is, but not the, not the little thing. But, uh, you know, we need a real and true and unfailing wisdom in our lives. And what I love about God's word is this promise that's made in James chapter 1. In James chapter 1, the Bible says, 
but if any of you lacks wisdom, and I go, okay, that's me, right? If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. I love that idea of without reproach. Like, it's, it's the idea of if you ask for wisdom in a situation, God doesn't say, that's a silly question, right? He doesn't say, why are you asking that? Why do you, don't you know the answer? It's pretty obvious, right? It's not what he says. He says, without reproach, he gives us his wisdom. So what does that process look like? How can wisdom be built in our lives? Uh, God's wisdom in our life is pictured in this passage in, in Proverbs chapter 24 as a completed house. You know, a lot of times when we think of wisdom, we think of the guru on the mountain, right? We think of, of the, the, those with, with gray hair and we say, wow, they must have so much wisdom. And many times they do. And, uh, but it's not exclusive. Wisdom is something that God wants to share with us and, and he puts it in the picture of a house. And if you think about it, all of us have some place that we go to lay our heads down, right? And so it's, it's something that God describes more as, as typical, as normal, as, as everyday living that he wants wisdom to be a part of. And maybe that strikes you as a little bit strange because we all say that we'd like it, right? We all say we're pursuing after wisdom. Yes, God, I want to know your wisdom if it's so accessible and available, what are we doing to obtain it? How do we even go about that? And so what we're going to look at tonight is if, if you want to have a house, a life that is built by wisdom, you have to ask some pretty important questions. And the first one is this. How can wisdom start building my life? It's kind of that foundational question, right? Where is it that I go to right away for my wisdom. And automatically I think of the, the outside structure and the foundation of a house, right? The strength of the house doesn't rest on uh, uh, the furniture, right? Or the sheetrock. The strength of the house is fixed on the foundation and the supporting walls, right? And the structure that has been given. It's the bones of the house, right? And so in this passage, in Proverbs um, chapter 24, it says that wisdom builds, uh, by wisdom a house is built. In the same way, we've been given these blueprints for wisdom, and they're found in understanding God. In Proverbs chapter 1, uh, verse 7, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and fools despise wisdom and instruction. In Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Psalm 111, verse 10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Are you kind of getting a, a, some sort of a, a pattern here? God says the beginning of knowledge, the beginning of wisdom is found in our God. And maybe this idea of the fear of the Lord is a new thing to you. And, and as you read God's word, you know, let him show you what, what he's talking about. But, but really, we're talking about understanding who God is. We're talking about his holiness, his righteousness, his power, his justice, 
his love, his graciousness, all of who he is, and responding to that. Saying, wow, God, you are all of that, and who am I? There's this idea that wisdom, uh, this idea in God's word that wisdom begins, it starts, its foundation, its support is only found in God. True wisdom. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The first step towards true wisdom is a step towards God and away from sin, right? When we trust Christ, when we put our, our faith in Him. And James chapter 3, verse 17 tells us that there's a wisdom from God and a wisdom from the world. Our own wisdom, our own strength, our own understanding. And so we need to determine whether we're going to trust our wisdom or God's wisdom. So if you want wisdom to be a part of your life, you have to start with the one who holds it in his hands. Isn't that true? I mean, he owns it. And what a great beginning. What a great way to, to demonstrate, to show uh, wisdom is to, to see it uh, Uh, beginning in our relationship with him. And as we step closer to wisdom, we also find that the the structure, the strength, the foundation for wisdom is found in trusting Christ. Colossians chapter 2 verse 13 says, In Christ are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Christ are hidden all the treasures, all the things that you're seeking for, all the questions that you want answered, all the wisdom that you could ever want, he says, it's right here. It's in Christ. And then 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 says, but by his doing, because of what Christ has done, you are in Christ Jesus. So think about that for a second. All the treasures of wisdom are in Christ. And where are you? As a Christian, as a believer, you're also in Christ. You live in right next door to wisdom, to this treasure trove of wisdom, and sometimes we don't even notice it, right? Sometimes we don't even uh, see it. But he has given us that opportunity. The, the strength and structure and foundation for wisdom is found in trusting Christ. As we seek after wisdom, as we seek after uh, the, the uh, decisions that we need to make in our lives, It begins with our relationship with God. It begins by saying, okay, God, first of all, I'm at the end of me. I'm not going to try this wisdom thing on my own. I know I need it, and I know you have it. And so when we give our lives to Christ, when we uh, uh, say, um, you know, you have sacrificed yourself on my behalf. I'm a sinner. I come before you, and I know that I'm trusting you for my eternity we're also being entered in to that place where wisdom is. If you're looking to buy a house, right, and you go in and you say, the rooms are a good size, the kitchen's nice, and did you see that bathroom? That was amazing, right? It has to be pretty amazing for a bathroom, too, to, to be excited about it, right? But if the foundation is cracking, if the structure is eroding, I would urge you, don't buy the house, right? Just a little piece of wisdom there. But, but 
That's the idea, is that if we base our wisdom, if we base our lives on a structure that is eroding, on a structure that is, that is uh, in need of repair, the rest of the house doesn't matter, does it? So we, uh, the Bible says, without these as our foundation, you can't have a house. You can't even decorate the houses we're going to look at later, and you can't truly dwell in wisdom. Does that mean that someone who doesn't have this, this relationship, this focus in their life with God, does it mean that they can't make wise choices? No, they can make wise choices, right? Does, does it mean that they can't follow principles of wisdom? No, they can follow principles of wisdom, but it does mean that they are missing out on the source or the author of wisdom. And their wisdom will be limited to what they hear from others instead of what God has to share with us. In Proverbs 24, it says, By wisdom a house is built. And then it says, And by understanding it is established. So now that we know what it's built on, it's built on a relationship with Christ. Now that we know what it's built on, how can wisdom be a permanent fixture in my life? How can wisdom be, as this verse says, established in my life? You know, in the picture of the house, this is kind of the stage of putting up the sheetrock, right? Of painting the walls, of putting down the, the hardwood floors of the carpet. And it really starts to look like something, doesn't it? it? It's less and less of the theoretical and more and more of the reality. Wow, this is really coming together. And as we get to know wisdom, we see it becomes a reality in our lives. You know, we're no longer... Are we just seeking after it, but we are finding it, and we're growing in it. And here's a couple ways that we can allow wisdom to be an established part of our lives. One way is to live by wisdom that you've already been given. God's Word has given us so much instruction, so much help for our lives. And yet sometimes we we, instead of saying, okay, okay, God, you must see something that I don't see. You must know something that I don't know. You must have a wisdom uh, and a perspective that I don't understand. We say, you know what? I think I'm going to try this one. <laughs> I think I'm going to do this one on my own. And sometimes when, when we claim to be looking for wisdom, we've ignored the wisdom that God clearly shows us through his word. When we get ourselves into a mess with money and then say, I don't know how that happened, right? I asked God for wisdom. I asked him to help me. And he says, did you really seek me? I've given it to you. I've laid it out before you. I've given you principles of wisdom of how to deal with money. And it's not to say that we don't mess up and make mistakes and, and uh, we're not going to be perfect in that. But more and more as as wisdom is established in our lives, as we allow that to happen in our lives, we can make better choices about that, can't we? It's when we're seeking his wisdom and following his wisdom in our relationships, in our finances, in our work situation, it allows his wisdom to have a home in us, to be established in us. Psalm chapter 1, uh, verses 2 and 3 say, Blessed is the man who delights in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water 
that brings forth its fruit in its season. You know, the one who trusts God's word, who says, I want to figure out what God has to say to me. I want to know what he has to say for my, li- for my life. As we do that, we see that the tree is established, right? The roots go down. The fruit comes out. And we see wisdom on display. So begin devouring his word. There are so many truths in, in his word, so many practical ways to deal with situations and, and even uh, difficulties in our lives. You know, and, and maybe even start in Proverbs. What an incredible uh, a book of wisdom written by one of the, the wisest men uh, to ever live on this earth, Solomon. I don't know if you've ever noticed this, but there's actually 31 chapters in um, Proverbs. There's also usually that many in a month, right? I mean, generally. What an opportunity for us to feed on his wisdom. Every day, once a day, just say, okay, God, I'm going to take this chapter, and I, I want you to speak to me through this. Allow wisdom to be a part of my life. Allow the ways that, that uh, uh, and the, the knowledge that you have, give that to me. Uh, let that be a part of my life. So not only do we live by wisdom that we've already been given, but we should get input from those who have demonstrated wisdom. In other words, seek wise counsel. As you are in the middle of a situation and you are asking God for wisdom, not only do we come to his word and say, God, uh, feed me, right? Uh, fill me with your word. But we, we say, okay, God, are there others in my life who I can trust? Who, who have demonstrated wisdom in uh, their lives. There are many warnings in Proverbs about trusting wrong counselors. Now, I'm not talking specifically about professional counselors, but, you know, <laughs> you have to do that too, right? But uh, we're talking about anyone who has input or influence into your life, anyone who helps you make decisions in your life. Make sure that they are demonstrating wisdom before you say, oh yeah, that sounds good, right? I think I'll do what what they're doing. Because you don't ask money from a beggar, do you? Or you shouldn't. Because he doesn't have it. So you don't ask counsel from someone who has demonstrated a poor use of wisdom in their lives. And that's kind of a, a kind way of saying it. The Proverbs 13.20 is a little, little more uh, direct. He says, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. Isn't that true? When we trust somebody who has not demonstrated and shown that wisdom in their life, when, when you're trusting them and saying, Okay, I'm going to kind of take some of your wisdom it can be detrimental to us, right? When we make decisions that are not based on God's wisdom, it can harm us. Seek out people whose lives have been visible demonstrations of wisdom. And here's the value in that. You know, they may be able to share with you a scripture or a truth that God would use in your situation that maybe you didn't see and and maybe they had been reading it and you said, okay, this is my struggle. This is what I'm going through. This is the decision that I need to make. And they say, here it is. God showed this to me 
and I want to show it to you. You know, they may have been through similar circumstances in their lives, and they have a testimony of how uh, they trusted, how they trusted God, of, of how His wisdom was demonstrated in their lives. Isn't it good to know that you're not the only one who's making this decision, who's going through this, who, who needs wisdom in this area? It's good to have others who have been there. And seek wisdom, seek input from those who will encourage you to honor God. Not just your own emotions or whims, right? Because we need that encouragement sometimes. Sometimes we say, oh, it'll just be easier if I do it this way. But what an opportunity God gives us as we come together, as, as we share wisdom together, that we get to encourage one another to honor God to be a part of God's work in each other's lives. You know, we have so many voices in our lives, so many uh, things that are striving to be heard. So you need to be careful who and what you let in. Think about it especially in terms of media, internet, TV, movies, uh, magazines, books. Understand that they are most likely selling you a wisdom that's based on human perspective and not God's. Now, there are times where we can take that wisdom, take that perspective and say, okay, God, what do you have to say about that, right? We should always bring things before the Lord and His Word, but understand that the motives of so many of these voices are not to benefit you, but in reality, they'll harm you. One more way to let wisdom be established in your life. Be open to correction from wisdom. Now, we don't always like to be wrong, do we? Okay, we never like to be wrong, right? We don't even, and we like even less being told that we've been duped or that someone has, has pulled one over and, and that we missed it, right? That we didn't have wisdom and discernment to see into a middle, the middle of a situation. Listen, we don't expect to get it right all the time, but also don't resist correction, especially when it comes before the decision, right? As you're sharing, okay, I have this decision. This is the direction I seem to be going. If someone with wise counsel comes to you and say, wait, whoa, whoa, hold on, hold on. I need to warn you. I need to correct you. I need to help you. Be open to that. That's not easy, is it? God's desire is to rescue us from a whole heap of trouble in our lives, isn't it? You know, we talk about salvation in terms of, of eternal consequences. Without a doubt, beyond imagination, that is why Jesus Christ came to die for us, is to give us life, to, uh, to restore the relationship between us and God. But you know what? As a part of that, as a result of that, we also have the benefit of living this life in relationship with him, of living the now in relationship with him. And, and he wants to rescue us. He wants to give us uh, uh, wisdom and perspective as we go through life. Proverbs chapter 9 is kind of split up into two parts. And the first part talks about wisdom and, and what wisdom will say. And what wisdom can, can give to our lives. And then the second part talks about 
the disaster of disregarding wisdom. And there's, there's actually an, uh, another personification or, or kind of a, another way to show that, uh, that we need God's wisdom desperately and that our lives depend on it. It says that, the, um, you know, you'll see the dangers of a heart that is hardened to true wisdom. The heart that doesn't want to hear God's wisdom. And God's word is an amazing tool. In, in 2 Timothy 3.15, it says, All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, <laughs> for instruction in righteousness. Why, right? What's the purpose of the correction? What's the purpose of the instruction? What's the purpose of the teaching? Verse 17 says, So that the man of God may be adequate equipped for every good work. Equipped for every good work. That sounds like wisdom, doesn't it? When we go through situations, the Bible says you can be equipped. If you allow God's word to correct and instruct and teach, you can be equipped to handle the situations, to handle the life, to handle uh, what's going on in your, in your life. And God's desire is not for his wisdom to be a fleeting, a one-time thing. His desire is for wisdom to be established in our lives. So that's it, right? (laughs) Our job's done. Look to God for our wisdom and allow him to establish it in our lives. Oh, we're not actually done with that verse, right? (laughs) Proverbs chapter 24, verses 3 and 4 say, by wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. And by knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Don't let your house be empty. Have you ever heard of the term uh, someone who is house poor, right? Someone who has invested everything they have into purchasing a house and, and uh, in, into moving in and now they don't even have enough money to change the light bulb. You know what I mean? They have the house, but it, they're living in, in poverty. It's not a great way to live, right? It's not a, 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 a way that, that brings about comfort in our lives, right? There's a lot of stress, a lot of pressure. So wisdom, it says in these verses, wants to be your interior decorator. <laughs> Anybody want one? <laughs> Want an interior decorator? Someone who could come in and say, can, can make it look good, make it look comfortable, can provide what's needed to, to just fill your life with joy and riches. And when we talk about riches, we're not talking primarily about money and finances. We're talking about wisdom. We're talking about letting our homes, letting our lives be, uh, um, uh, when people walk into our lives, there's, it's a place of comfort, a place they can put their feet up, right? A place that they can uh, be invited to and enjoy. And his wisdom is meant to invite others into joining us and it. So how can wisdom be inviting to others? As God establishes wisdom in your life, others are going to notice. So here's the thing. Allow God to get the credit. Actually give God, make sure that he gets the credit. Living a life that demonstrates wisdom will impact others. People will see it. They'll notice it. They'll notice that you're making wise choices in your life, that you're making right decisions. Proverbs 
chapter 10, verse 1, and, and uh, Proverbs 15, 20 talks about a couple of those situations of how others will notice and recognize God's work in your life. You know, sometimes we're, we're so worried about people thinking that we're prideful and arrogant know-it-alls when it comes to wisdom, right? And that is the result of wisdom without God. But the wisdom that God gives us, uh, when we don't share it with others, when we don't allow others to be involved in the building of the house, to be involved in, in God's uh, work in our lives, they don't get to catch a glimpse of just how strong and powerful and mighty God's renovations are. If God has transformed your life, transformed your actions, trans transformed uh, every move that you make, every decision that, that you make, would you let others know that? Let others know that God is the source of that. Do it through humility, obviously, but allow God to be glorified. And as they seek God's wisdom that they've, been, uh, that they've seen demonstrated in your life, would you invest in relationships that are seeking wisdom? Now, earlier we talked about getting input from wise people, right? But the challenge is, are you someone that others can come to for wisdom? Again, not in arrogance and pride. That's not the wisdom of God, but, but truly sharing his wisdom to those who seek it. Not everyone is going to respond well to God's wisdom in your life. There are going to be people who, who when you share what, what God's direction is for you and your family, they're going to scoff you. They're going to mock you. They're going to say, what are you thinking? But you know what? The one who is seeking after God, is seeking his wisdom, when you share what God is doing in your life, when you share the decisions that, that God is helping you make, it encourages them. It strengthens them. It motivates them. And you'll see this, uh, this idea modeled and, and reproduced several times by the Apostle Paul. In, in the Apostle Paul's relationship with Barnabas, and, and, and really as, as Barnabas grew, his relationship with, with a guy named John Mark, there's this idea of, of kind of really a, a mentoring relationship, but really it's more about friendship, about relationship. You'll see it in, in Paul and Timothy as well. And in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2, he encourages Timothy not to let it stop there. Don't let God's work in your life stop with you. It says, The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these, give these, declare these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. So Paul was uh, a part of God's work in Timothy's life. And Paul was telling Timothy, Timothy, I want you and God's work in your life to be a part of someone else's life. And he says, make sure that there are faithful people who can, who can uh, um, teach others also. He says, don't let God's wisdom, don't let the, the work that God's doing in your life be limited to you. Invest in God's work in other people's life. Pour yourself into those who are seeking wisdom and discernment. We're uh, doing some work in our basement to get a little extra um, living space. And let's just say we're in the process. <laughs> Do you know what that means, right? It, it means it's going to take a while, <laughs> right? 
We don't have the studs up. Uh, we have some of the studs up. We even have some of the sheetrock, but it's, it's not really inviting, is it? You know, when we have guests over, we don't say, hey, come on down to our half-finished basement. Make yourself at home, right? No, we say, come into the house. Come into the place that, uh, where there's furnishings, where, where it's decorated, where we uh, are opening up our home to you. Says the place where uh, wisdom has been, right? Invite others to that place. And as others look at your life, a life that has been changed by God, a life whose fruit is showing wisdom and is showing so many of the things that we talked about in the Fruit of the Spirit series, are you allowing the overflow of your life to be an example to them? Are you opening, are you sharing with them the wisdom from God? It's quite a process, isn't it? You know, this idea of, of when wisdom builds a house, it's not just a one-and-done thing. It's, it's, a, it's, more, uh, it's, it's not an episode, it's a series, isn't it? It's a, uh, it's a season's worth of time and work and effort. It's a lifetime worth of improvement that he is making in our lives. And the Bible affirms that in Proverbs chapter 9, verses, uh, verse, the end of verse 8 into verse 9, it says, Reprove a wise man and he will love you. Correct a wise man and he will love you. Thank you. Verse 9 says, Give instruction to a wise man and he will be wiser. Teach a righteous man and he will increase in his learning. Now, I love these verses because they share that wisdom doesn't have to be a perfection in our lives in order for God to call us wise. He says, the wise man is being corrected. Is there room for improvement in a wise man? Yes, always, right? A time of growth, a time of of, uh, moving forward in our wisdom in him. There's always room to grow. You know what? Maybe uh, you know that your life is not built on true wisdom. Maybe you would say, you know, I've tried the wisdom of other people. I've tried the wisdom of uh, my work. I've tried the wisdom of my job. I've, I've uh, tried to grasp all the wisdom I can and it just, there's nothing to build on. Would you allow God to challenge you tonight, build your life on Christ? If you have never made that decision, if you have never turned your life over to Him, today would be a great day to do that. Start building the, the wisdom that God has for you and for your life, start building that today on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And maybe you have a situation in your life that you don't know where to turn. And you don't know, you're saying, God, I need your wisdom, I, I'm asking for it. Know that he will give it to you. That's what he promised in James chapter 1. And as he does that, would you allow others to be involved in your life? Would you... Uh, allow others to have input into your life to, as your relationships grow with one another, let wisdom and discernment be shared through God's Word. Maybe the Lord would challenge you tonight to let His wisdom shine through you and impact the lives of others. Let's go to Him in prayer right now. Father, when we come before you and ask for wisdom, you've promised that you will give it to us. 
But Lord, I thank you that your wisdom is not just a one-time deal for this situation, for this thing in my life. Lord, it's for our lifetime. And Lord, you want to build a house. You want to build a shelter. You want to build a place of safety for our family and for those involved in our lives, Lord. And that house is built by wisdom. And you've shared with us, you've shown us different ways that that we can seek after you, that we can seek your wisdom, where it needs to be founded, where it needs its solid uh, uh, moorings. And Lord, I pray that you would also allow us, allow uh, the work that you're doing in our lives to be evident, Lord, so that others would would come to, to us, would come really to you, Father, for true wisdom, and we'd be able to share it. We'd be able to share the source of wisdom in you. In Jesus' name, amen.